Hi everybody, Wynn Claybaugh here, and welcome to... Uh, oh my gosh, how long have we been trying to do this, Sam? Years, Wynn. For years we've been trying to figure this out, and I'm so glad that we now have the opportunity. I'm sitting with Sam Via. I haven't even said your name yet. <laughs> we're we're, we're going to jump into this so quick. It, it has been a long time, because uh, you, you're a man on a mission. You're a man... You're riding this wave right now. Everybody wants to give you an award. Everybody wants to have you on their stage. Every show needs to have you as a headliner. Um, every nonprofit needs to have the influence that you have. And so congratulations on that because you worked very, very hard to have all of that. When it's been a great journey, let me just say that. And I think my focus has been, you know, I'm not a rock star. I'm not a genius, not an inventor. I'm not a visionary. I really am proud to be a hairdresser who says that I'm a teacher. And oh. that's what I want to be, is just make hairdressers better hairdressers. Well, let me just read some of these accolades that you have received. So just, you know, s- sit back and get yourself a cup of coffee while I go through all of this. So in 2017, I like this one, you received the Naha Lifetime Achievement Award. You were a judge on the Look All Stars MC for Leading Ladies, which we're going to get into. I want you to know that uh, I've been in touch with uh, Tracy Hughes, so she knows that you and I are sitting down even as we speak. She Love. knows that we're... Yeah. Love, Tracy. I just got an email from her like in the middle of the night. I'm like, wait for the last <laughs> minute, Tracy. Thanks. But uh, so she has some things that she wants me to ask you and share with you. Um, Intercofure, uh, America Canada member behind the chair.com, favorite overall educator of the year in 2015, favorite new company under seven years old in 2014. Get this. Favorite platform artist and educator in 2007, 2011, and 2012. Favorite top five finalist, 2001, 2002. Goes on, oh my gosh, up until I think every single year. Redkin Platform Artist of the Year, 1998. I wasn't born yet. 2014 American Salon Professionals Choice Award. Master of the Craft Award from the Art and Fashion Group in 1992. Uh, finalist in North American Hairdressing Awards. I mean, it just, it goes on and on and on. You know, I, I love our industry because our industry really is great at giving out the accolades. And, and I've always felt that it wasn't so much that that you, the man Sam Villa, needs the accolade. You don't have any room on your shelf for any more of these statues. Um, but what it does is just sends out the message to the industry at large, that ours is a professional, incredible industry that we need to acknowledge, that we need to celebrate. I mean, how long has it been since uh, awards for hair and makeup have been shown during the Tony Awards? Well, I think that's what's great about the North American Hairdressing Awards is it's an evening to celebrate the talent out there in the industry. And when there's so much talent going on, there's so many great hairdressers out there that we don't even know of. Yet now what social media has done, it's huge in terms of changing the industry. Well, I, one more award, and then we're going to jump into this, and this is more new. You are receiving on February the 16th, so by the time we air this podcast, this will have already happened, and it's happening in Madrid. Huh. <laughs> Dang. You're receiving the International Hairdressing Awards and giving Sam Via the first International Hair Influence of the Year Award. Sam. Incredible. I got to tell you, Wynn, I don't consider myself as an influencer. 
And when I received the phone call, they said, uh, Sam, what are you doing February 16th? I said, well, I'll probably be booked. If it's a weekend, I'll be somewhere. Can you come to Madrid to the International Hairdressing Awards? I said, well, do you want me to do a presentation? They go, no, have a seat, sit down. If you're not sitting down, they said, we want to give you the first Influencer of the Year Award, International uh, Influencer of the Year. I go, but I'm not an influencer. And they kind of started laughing on the phone. They said, Sam, you need to know that we, the industry, looks at you as an influencer. You may not consider yourself an influencer, but you were one of the first about 10, 11 years ago that started to do these educational sound bites that really started to affect the industry, not these DVDs. And that was uh, the thing. But I don't consider myself an influencer. I hope that people consider me that I've been influential in the industry. Something about the influencer word, but you know what I want to do is influence the industry in terms of helping hairdressers be better. Hairdressers. Why were you thinking that an influencer is somebody who <clears throat> just starts clocking a bunch of followers on their social media page and and if you hit that certain number then somehow you're an influencer? There you go. That's exactly it's yeah, about but, those numbers, but but I don't get that because yeah. I know there's some of those people who have a million followers, and yet I could care less what they have to say. So they, they, they've, they've got the followers, but th- do they really have the expertise or the experience to, to be a true influencer? And the fact that you have focused so much on education yes. is what makes you an influencer. One of my favorite things to quote nowadays is that you can Google facts, but you can't Google wisdom. Ooh, I love that. Absolutely love that. Well, that's exactly what I tried to do was brand myself as an educator. You know, I'm a hairdresser who has, I'm motivated by the passion to teach when. And I'm, I'm really very serious when I say I just want to make hairdressers better hairdressers. And I believe when that's what's pushed me to the top is the fact that people, uh, they get it that this guy, he, he makes things simple. You know, I'm not an inventor. You know, people go, where do you get all these things? And I say, guys, I research. My job is for me to you, research. You steal from every source, yeah. which is research. That's what, right. what people would be big at. Hey, look at this as far as stealing, whatever you want to call it. But I'll right. see something win and I'll say, you know what? I'm going to tweak it and change it and do it this way. Or I'm going to take that and simplify it and then share it with the message. So I'm mm. just a messenger. Right. That's all I look at myself as a messenger. I, I love telling this story of many, many years ago. I barely knew Van Council. Yes. But man. knew that I wanted to be good friends with him which has been, I don't know, 30 years now. But I remember soon into our friendship, I was sitting at some dinner meeting and he was talking to somebody else about his company and the the numbers. And just I was just sitting there thinking, this man is so smart. I am not that smart. I'm not the smartest person sitting at this dinner table right now. And I am screwed. I really believe that. That's it. I'm done. I'm done because I'm not the smartest person. Well, I th- think nowadays you need to be. You don't smart. have to be because what you're talking right. about right now, you you do a lot of research. I do a lot of research, and it's it's out there. When you know, it, and you know, it really stimulates me. It motivates me. It, it kind of inspires me when I research to to really say, okay, how can I make this simple? I really believe when simplicity is today's brilliance, and that's what people are looking for. Just give me simple things. You know, there's a lot of talk out there in terms of salons upset with Amazon. They're upset with Ulta. I love Ulta. I love what they're doing. They're keeping it professional. They're just a big boy in the game now. And everybody out there, you got to get over it. They can afford to buy a truckload of leaders. We can't. Well, don't knock them down because they're able to do that. So, no, I can't sell leaders at price they can't, but I can still learn from them and I can create an experience. I believe the economy has moved to an experience economy and a convenience economy. And what I mean by that is uh, when I stand in these salons and in these classes, Sam, Amazon, Amazon, I go, I love Amazon. Well, what, what about what it's doing in retail? I go, look, guys, 
let me ask you this. You may not like Amazon, but how many of you in this room right now have an Amazon box exactly. in your home? Exactly. And when three quarters of the hands go up, I go, so now let me ask you, why do you have that box? And they go, well, it's a matter of convenience. All right, then let's learn from that. I go, I'm going to give you a hot tip right now. I said, look, what's the number one complaint about clients when they return? And what I always used to hear was, Sam, I can't get my hair to look like you get it to look. So now what I teach them when is creating an experience. So imagine this. Client sits in the chair. She's at your station, and on your station is a monkey tripod. On that tripod is a card that says, for free tutorial, place your phone here. As a client, I would read that, and I would say, so Sam, what do I need to do? Louise, it's the first time I meet you. It's important to me you know how to work with your hair. When I come times, it comes time for me to blow dry it, let's take your phone, put it here, and we'll videotape me coaching you how to blow dry it. So I'm going to hand you the blow dryer and the brush, help you with the mechanics. Here's the product I'm using. Here's how much I'm using it. Now, when can you imagine hmm. when I'm done with that appointment, I'm handing that phone back to her and I'm going to her, hey, Louise, you now have your own YouTube tutorial. You're the star. And remember, I started that video by saying, good morning, Louise. You place this phone oh on the gosh. vanity and you push play and I will be there every morning to coach you. And guess what? Salon owners out there, if you do that, I guarantee your retail will go up. Because here's the number one complaint I hear when, and you're getting me started here, bro, on this, is Sam, I talk about product and then they bring it up and then they go, well, I can get it down the street here. Or I can get it on Amazon for this. And what would you do? I go, match it. As a matter of fact, I go deeper. Look, Louise. I'm not only going to match that, but I need you to understand the culture of the salon. Every year, we do a fashion show at the end of the year during Christmas time for the Cancer Society here local in the city. 50% of our retail sales go to that. Not only that, 25% of that goes to my education. I just want you to know the culture of our salon. Mm -hmm. Now what you just did is you just touched her heart. So now you see, what I'm trying to share with you is communication builds wealth, but it's how we communicate in today's world. So stop worrying about Amazon, stop worrying about Ulta, and focus on the person that sits in your chair and how can you make things convenient for them. Videotape the blow-dry tutorial. Again, this how, experience that you created. Exactly. Take a look at the retail shelves. When we walk in salons... Guys, you got to get this. Stop making it look, line them up like a grocery store. And the salon owner's like, well, what do you mean, Sam? I'll give you an example. You got beautiful marble floors. Take a marble bowl. Take your, I'm going to use a, a powder grip because that's for the product I know, or outshine, a lotion. You're going to place this lotion, dump the whole product in the bowl. Then I want you to throw elastics in that bowl. Then I want you to Velcro the product to the bowl. And they're looking at me go, then place that on the shelf. Now what you just did is you created visual disruption. When the client walks in, they're going to look at the shelf because it's odd. They're going to walk over the bowl, look in it, go to the front support desk and go, what's up with all these elastics in here? Oh, do you use elastics on your daughter's ponytail or your hair? Yes, I do. Well, we suggest you coat the elastic with that lotion so it buffers the cuticle. Sold. Mm -hmm. But what you did was the visual disruption is what got the attention of the conversation. And these are all, are all the things that somebody like an Amazon can't really create. That's correct. Yeah, the, the, the experience, you know, what... I, we knew a long time ago that if you're trying to earn the client's loyalty based on price only, it will never happen. No. Because the second that you aren't competitively priced, they're going to dump you, whether for it's the services or the products or anything else, and they're going to go down the street for something cheaper. You bet. Less expensive. So, yep. But they can't duplicate that experience. Right. And I, I, you're absolutely right. And then I got slaughtered. Well, I'm not going to do that, Sam. I'm not going to match it. Okay. Then guess what? What you're saying is you're telling your team you're not supporting them. 
Now, if you're the salon owner and you're saying no, you're not going to match the price, then guess what? If the client is sitting there on their phone, my little voices go, well, I'm not going to talk about product because she's probably going to put it on her phone and say, right. I can get it here cheaper. So I'm not going to talk to this client about product. But if I was a salon owner, I'd say match it. Matter of fact, I'll go deeper. Louise, it's so important for me to you that you get this product. You see what you just brought it up? I'm going to take it even a dollar cheaper than that. That's important. It is to me that you're using the proper product on the mm -hmm. color that I just did. So that's what I mean. We've got to think say and do differently in this industry can you imagine if i said to a client let's vandalize your crown louise and she's probably gonna look at me and go what do you mean sam well i changed the language because i got her attention what i mean louise is i'm going to disrupt it sam i don't know what you're talking about i'm going to texturize it but i got her to have that conversation with me just by changing the language right brilliant brilliant so we'll actually give our our listeners kind of a uh, a timeline of your career. You entered in the industry. Can we say yes. how old you are? You're of course. I'm 65. Okay, you're 65. You know? So when did you enter the industry? You entered as a hairdresser. Let's talk about this. This great story. I was going to college on a volleyball scholarship, and I was a physical education major. I grew up. Wait, in how a, tall are you? I'm what? I'm about what? Five seven. I was a setter. Oh, I was, I, was, I was thinking, don't you have to be tall to be I was a setter. I was Sorry to judge no, there. I okay. played Manhattan Beach, played beach volleyball. Okay. I was playing those beach tournaments in college. But I grew up in a barbershop. My dad was a barber. And I shined the shoes. And I'll never forget when, you know, being seven, eight years old on a Saturday morning, my dad putting me in the car at 7 a.m. in the summertime, driving down the street. And as I'm driving by... I'm seeing my friends and their bicycles, and I'm waving goodbye to them. Went to the barbershop, shine shoes all day. And I watched my dad stand all day when in this pile of hair that I couldn't get to. And then my little voice would say, I'm never going to do that. But here I am today as a hairdresser, proud, not a barber, but as a hairdresser. So I went home one weekend. I said to my mom and dad, I want to go to beauty school. My dad was clapping underneath the table. My mom was like, what? You only got one year left. I go, mom. I cut school half the time to go to the beach to play volleyball. I'm a physical education major. There's no money there. I said, I want to give a shot what dad does, but I want to do it on the cosmetology side. So my mom said, all right, let's do this. If that's what you really want to do, yeah, let's make a deal. If you don't complete that or it doesn't work for you, you're going to go back to college, but you're going to be responsible for paying your last year because you're going to lose your scholarship. I said, deal. Now, off I go. Peter Hans, Sally Ponce. I went to their school in San Mateo, California. Peter Hans, a great guy in terms he had, what was it, non-transfer rod perms in those days back in 76. I'll never forget when I was two months into school and my teacher comes up to me. She goes, Sam, go check your rollers underneath the dryer. They're falling out. And I'm going to be honest with you. You might think about doing something else is what the teacher told me. So Wait, I they went, were falling out? Underneath the dryer. On, on a guest. On a client. That, yes, a guest that's underneath okay. the dryer. My rollers were falling out. Got it. So I went over there, put them back in. And, you know, what she said, kind of like, ah. So my dad called me up, happened to call me up on that Friday. And he said, what are you doing this week? I said, well, dad, I can't afford to do anything. I'm not doing anything. He said, well, I'm going to come pick you up Sunday morning. We're going to go to a hair show. I go, what's that? He goes, that's where you learn the latest trends, things like that. Put me in the car. We, he got there early. And we took off. I go, Dad, who are we going to see? He said, we're going to see Vidal Sassoon. When? I go, Vidal Sassoon? Dad, that's who everybody talks about. That's the magazine. We're going to see Vidal Sassoon? My dad was smart. Got there early. Second row right in the middle. He mm. put me down. I saw Vidal, Roger Thompson, Alan Binfield, oh my gosh. Alan Binfield Bush, and um, 
Oh, I can't recall. Anyway, they had these four Asian models, and they were just melting the hair, cutting it down. And I was on the edge of my seat. My dad grabs me. He said, sit back. And I said, Dad, I want to do that. And he said, eyes here, Samuelson. He said, that's all ego and no money. Now, when my dad said something, I always had to prove him wrong. When I went back to school and I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. Two weeks back from that show, my teacher came over to me and she said, are you okay? I go, why? She goes, all of a sudden, everything's, you're clicking it. You're getting it. And I told her, I'm going to be a teacher someday, a platform artist. She kind of rolled her eyes. When I go back 10 years ago, now I'm talking 10 years from now, I go back to San Francisco Bay Area. I'm doing a show. Who's sitting in the front row? That teacher. Uh That teacher was sitting in the front row. And I Mm -hmm. saw her and she just kind of like looked at me with a smile. I did my show. I came back. She was waiting for me. And I said, give me some coaching. How did I do? She goes, the student is now teaching the teacher. Mm -hmm. And she said, I came back to apologize to you. But that's where my experience came from, knowing that I want, this is where I want to go. I want to drive being a teacher. But I had a salon for 20 years. The two happiest days of my life, one when I opened it, and two (laughs) when I got rid of it, like a boat, right? Right, right, right. But I tell you, I do miss it in terms of the team and the uh, the connections made with the guests and things like that. But I'm in the world that I absolutely love, and that's teaching. Where was the salon? The salon was in San Mateo, California. It was called the Vaunt Hair Studio. And I started with four people, and we grew to 26 people within five years. And I had it for 20 years. And then at what point did you become an educator for different manufacturers? How did that all come about? It was 76. I went to school. It took about a year to get through school. 1980, I'm doing a haircut on this lady. And she says, I'm Sharon Hayashi. I have a company called Hayashi out of L.A. We're a wet line. She goes, you were recommended. Would you like to join our team? I said, I would love to. That's where it started. It was actually with Backstat, and then it went with Hayashi. But uh, that Backstat I started, Hayashi is where it really took off for me. And that's how it, it connected. But Hayashi was a, a brand where she wants to be really theatrical. It reminds me of the Altieri brothers. Okay. when we, Those days when, oh, yeah. when we were twirling the scissors and throwing moose balls back and forth. It's, it's theatrics. I did that for five years, and I looked at myself in the mirror one day when, and I said, you know what? I don't want to do this theatrics anymore. I want to teach. You know, and that's when I changed the person that I wanted to be at these shows. Okay, so we still see that theatrics, though. Yes. Now, I will pull the theatrics out when I need it. Okay. But my focus is, like, they say, okay, Sam, you're going to do this main stage thing. I go, okay, let's pull some theatrics out. Like I did a show in, where was I? In Barcelona. And I said, I want a black box. And they go, a black, and I said, and I want the light in it. So, and I said, I'm going to wear uh, Phantom of the Opera Mass. I want my model all in black cat suit. So all you see is her head. And then I want her white blonde. And we're going to go in this box and I'm wearing a black suit so and uh, white gloves. So all you saw was her head floating in there and me just wailing away on hair, flying, being crazy, and my white gloves in the hands. So you just got to know when to pull that stuff out. But I I only do it when I need to. I prefer to stay more on the educational side. Okay, so how do you technically feel like you're making a difference in truly educating somebody? Well, it's not just technical. It's... It's how to be a success in the industry and build a clientele and retail products and the message of the salon owner when your audience is so large. 
it's pretty difficult. I mean, if I focus on three things and when, when I teach and that's what, how, why. Tell them what I'm doing, tell them how I'm doing it and why I'm doing it. And then add a little business sense into there. But I think it's like I was saying earlier, simplicity is today's brilliance. It's a matter of taking things and keeping them simple. And I think that's why people, uh, I attract people is because they know, okay, if you're going to go to see Sam, you're going to walk away with something and you're going to be able to use it. That's the huge focus on in, in terms for me. But uh, you know what, when, you know, a lot of people say, Sam, how'd you get, what have you done? How'd you get there? And my response to him is, listen, I cannot give you the formula for success, but I will tell you the formula for failure is trying to please everybody. <laughs> and I know when, that when audience walks out, hey, I didn't please everybody. But I know that I'm coming from my gut, from my soul, my hands, my eyes, and I'm giving to you what I feel is what you need at the moment. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, not my problem. It's yours because your mind was not open to what I was trying to give to you. So early on, you decided that teaching was going to be a big part of your career. And drawing from your days as an athlete, it was about... Practice, 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 practice. You got it, Wynn. You just said it. I mean, it's like there's names right now, Wynn, that we don't know. And I guarantee you, by the end of the year, they're going to be on a Wheaties box. And I'm talking about Summer Olympics. Right. Someone's going to win a gold medal. They're going to become very popular. But the reason they're going to get there is because they did something. They practice, 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 practice. People ask me, do you work out, Sam? I go, yeah, I work out with my mannequins. I work out with my mannequins and they just like, are you kidding? I can look guys, it, you know, if you want to be successful, it's just not going to happen overnight. It takes years of practice, practice, practice in your craft. Okay. Well then I'm sure you hear this all the time. People call this the microwave generation. They want things yeah. instantly. And I know that you have a, a message about people who feel they can get that education by watching a YouTube video. So, uh, one thing, YouTube is not cosmetology school. <laughs> okay, you. people, you got to get that. You got to understand that. I mean, there's two resources of learning. You have online and offline. Online is a great resource. As people know, I really focused on educational soundbites for the past 10 years online. But I also want people out there to know and your audience to know that let's get ourselves back into live education because that's a sense of community. You take a look at the show now that here in Issy Long Beach and I was walking across the street with a guy and he goes, Sam, so glad you're here. He goes, but the show is so small. And I tell him that's what's happening. There's this whole thing of online and offline. But what I want the audience to know out there is they're both valuable to you. Listen, my friends, the computer cannot touch your heart. You cannot ask the computer questions. Yet you can come to a show, you can feel the vibe, the energy. You can come up to me, ask me questions. You can, we can connect. We can, you know, I did the uh, class. There's about a hundred people in the class. And this one girl at the end of the class, she goes, we were talking about the, just putting a debriefing on. She raised her hand. She goes, you know, what do you do when you work in a salon with 20 people? And I've been in the industry now, Sam, for five years. And I'm the only one that keeps coming to education. And then when I go back, they go, what did you learn? What did you learn? Can you show us? <laughs> I said, good. I go, well, what do you do? She goes, well, I tell them, look, I paid for the class. And I said, you know what? Show them. Because what you're doing, if you teach it, then you will even own it more. Mm -hmm. And I go, now, the second thing I'm going to tell you is you're in the wrong place. You are in the wrong place. I guarantee because you are here live, 
with your energy that I feel from you right now, you're going to be offered at least five jobs by the time you walk out that door. How many salon owners I got here right now? They all raise their hand. I go, how many of you would like to have her on your team? Yeah. And they all were like their hands up. So, and I said, now, the reason this is happening is because you are here live. And that's a big difference. Now, if you were focused on the computer, that experience, that moment would never have happened in your mm. professional career. That's great advice because I think a lot of people think that they don't have to show up anymore, but, that, but a good balance between both. Yes, that's you're not, it. You're not saying that online education is bad. You're just saying don't fully rely on that. Redkin didn't build my name. They helped me build my name. I should say that. But what built my name is social. Right. What built my name is the education that I put on my social, those educational sound bites. I wanted to get away from DVDs, and I knew that with the youth, they want it now. They want it immediate. So that's why I did educational sound bites and cut out hour long DVDs, 45 minute DVDs. Um, there's going to be a lot of brand new young hairdressers and barbers listening to this. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, they want to be on that fast track. Yes. Who, who doesn't nowadays? You bet. It's, it's not just them. I think that they're just a catalyst for a lot of the things that most of us want. So what is the advice? Because the advice that I try to give is it's going to take a while. Maybe it's not going to take you as long as it took Sam Via, but it's still going to take a while. You still have to put in that, that work. So what's the advice that you give to people who want it quicker than you feel is really appropriate? Well, if you want it quicker, then I'm going to ask you, how long does it take to learn it? Because what I mean by that is you can get the information quick, but if you don't understand it and you don't know how to use it and you don't know the why behind it, then it's going to take you even longer to apply it. So I think that people have to understand, it's real simple. As a teacher, I must never cease to learn. Yet as a hairdresser, I believe we must never cease to learn. So you might say, well, Sam, I've been to all the shows. I, I, there's nothing new out there. I go, okay, how about going in with these shows with a different mindset? I don't know about you, but if I can find five ways to cut a one-link bob, I'm going to find five ways to do it and not just stick to one way because I want to create a sense of enthusiasm in myself and I want to challenge myself in my craft. So I think that's the mindset and the attitude that we need to develop is this. It's like, you know, I don't know everything. I still learn every day. I learned so I learned a couple things this weekend that were really cool hmm. that I'm going to use and share. This hashtag that you have, artists supporting oh, yes. artists. Tell me about that. Well, it all got. This came from my uh, education director, Andrew Crothers, a great man. Love Andrew. Oh, Andrew, oh my he gosh. speaks very highly of you. And he said, "You're about everybody." I go. That's I go. That's the name of the company that I have. It's called All of Us. A L L V U S. And he said, you know, you support everybody. He goes, you're not just about us. I said, he goes, well, what about if it's artists supporting artists? And we create that as a hashtag. So that was credit goes to Andrew Crothers. And that's where it was about where it really started was, hey, I support you. I don't care what brand you're with. Mm-hmm. I support you. I don't care what brand you're with. And I really think that it's brand supporting brands. Mm-hmm. And that's so important. There's plenty for everybody. Right. There is a piece of pie for everybody. It's just how big do you want your piece of pie? So I love this because uh, every single one of my Paul Mitchell future professionals are going to listen to this because it's built in within the curriculum that they have to listen to this and they have to sign it I off. Love it. They actually, actually have to basically do a report on you. They have to answer certain questions. That way I know that they I listen to this. It, okay? But my message to these future professionals is, Sam, you have nothing, nothing to do with Paul Mitchell. And yet here you and I are sitting here and I love that message from the beginning of my career. I never wanted to stay. I'm absolutely, you better believe, loyal to, to Paul Mitchell. And I'm so grateful to John Paul and that 
partnership that he and I have. And I love Angus. He's a good friend. But I also love being able to have a relationship with the entire industry. Now I'm going to get a little emotional. After beauty school, you need to know this out there. After beauty school, the man I followed was Paul Mitchell. I would get, after working all day on a Saturday, living in San Francisco, I'd work all day, get in my charger, drive six hours to Los Angeles so I could see Paul Mitchell, Paul, the man himself, next day on Sunday. And then I'd get back in my car and I'd drive home Sunday night. I would fly to Hawaii to go see Paul. I mean, I respected Paul because Paul was a man that was, I'm about me. And I am going to do the things that I feel right now, taping sections and pulling the hair over and cutting on the tape and the things that he did. You know, I respected that because he was authentic when authentic was not being about, it wasn't cool. So I owe so much to Paul in terms of what I follow. So I'm doing Look All Stars. I'm sitting next to Angus and we're talking. I go, Angus, your dad was my mentor. He goes, oh. and so I took out a photo and I showed him with me and his dad, he goes, oh my gosh. And I said, now let's take a photo of me and you and I'll oh, put this together. It was, it was just great. But great. Paul Mitchell, this is what I mean. Brand supporting brands. It, it, you know, you know. I really believe that you guys as a brand, what you've done for the schools and the schools that you created and the, the way Paul set up his wet line and the way he approached technical skills in terms of the craft of cutting. You know, I owe a lot to Paul. Well, quoting you, you have said, it's time to shout it out. The way for us to be better is to come together as an industry, and the shout begins here with Sam Villa and Redken. That's correct. Right. Right. It's about, you know, let's just, like, being really authentic and being, you know, like, I love Redken, and we're great, you know, we're married, and, I, you know, but it doesn't last forever. Who knows, you know, if I'm going to stay for, with Redken in my career. I hope I do. But the idea is this, is that, you know, I want you guys to understand out there, if I can do this, anybody can do this. It's just a I've matter of doing I've heard you say that before. Why do you want to say that a lot? Because, if I can do this to... Because I'm a human being, you're a human being. Right. The only difference between me and you is I practice this more than you. Right. That's the difference. So it goes back to that thing we were talking about earlier. Practice, practice, practice. Mm-hmm. And I want the kids to know that out there. Because a lot of you probably have fear. You know, you have, should I enter Naha? Guess what? Don't enter to win. Enter for the experience, the learning experience that you're going to have in a photo shoot, the learning that you're going to have in terms of molding that hair or whatever it is that you happen to be doing, the way you're coloring it. It's the experience that you're going to walk away with that I believe is a win. So I think because of social media, we were in Tulum, Mexico for mm-hmm. uh, for New Year's. Yes. And uh, I guess there's a lot of influencers, social media, Instagram celebrities there that just love to get there. We sat and watched this girl... I bet it took her an hour <laughs> on the beach to set up the perfect shot of herself. Whoa. So she has a, she's on the sand and with her tripod and her and we were all just laughing like are you kidding me like it's like to make sure that this bikini strap was exactly right and this hair and the and the lips and the puckering and it was just like for an hour of this and I I think what happens is people think oh she just went down to the beach and she just snapped it and there it went. No, she put so much time and work into that. And I think that a lot of people are believing that if my work isn't perfect today, then why bother? They don't realize the struggle and the practice and the work. And your good friend, Ruth Roach. Yes. I, I love telling the story yes, that she uh, she told me that her first, and how many times has she won Naha? Oh, gosh. And Naha is times. based on a photograph. It's mm-hmm. based on the, the, the work that you do. 
And she told me that her first photo shoot was in the back of a Chinese restaurant in Santa Barbara, California. And I said, can I see those photos? She said, no, you can't. Because <laughs> everybody assumes that her first photo shoot won Naha. No, oh, yeah. there were hundreds and right. spent thousands of dollars before that ever happened. But people only see the end result and they think, wow, right out the gate, look what Ruth did. And I can't do that. So why bother? Well, one of the things that I noticed at the awards this year at Naha was the youth I mean, the student category alone, when was like, oh my gosh, look at the hair these students are doing. Yeah. I couldn't touch that when I was in school. So, yeah, I agree. It's, it's, it's just a matter of, you know, I love the analogy of that girl on the beach getting that perfect money shot. Working right. the time to get that perfect money shot. I don't think people out there realize what it takes. Yeah. So talk about your relationship with Redken. And I, and I want to talk about two things. I want to talk about Sam Via because that's a brand. It's your name, but it's right. also your brand. And you've been working just as hard, if not more, on building your name, your brand. But at the same time, you're helping Redken build that brand and supporting that. Well, when it goes all the way back to when I was sitting down with myself and I was thinking, you know what? I've watched platform artists for years. Where's so-and-so now? Where's so-and-so now? Where is so-and-so now? You know, platform artistry career doesn't last forever. So I started thinking, started thinking, I need to create my exit plan from Redkin. I need an exit plan. So I thought, uh, you know, I had my best friends. I said, come to the Redkin Symposium with me, guys. I need to talk to you about, I got to do something else than just being a platform artist and being artistic director for Redkin. So they came to it. They came to the grand opening and they said, okay, well, let's go back to the hotel room to talk. I go, okay, great. And then they go, well, are you going the back way? I go, no. I exit out the front way. And it took me two hours to get back to my room. <laughs> and they go, Sam, why did you do that? I go, guys, I owe it to these people. I go, I'm not going to hide from them. They said, you stopped for every single person that asked to talk to you or take a picture. You stopped for them. I said, I owe it to these people. So now let's talk about what I'm going to do. They said, they said, well, what do you want to do? I go, I'm a teacher. Let's do DVDs. They go, no, no, no. You need to think bigger than that. What else would you want to do? Tools. So then I went back to Redkin. I said, look, I need... To fill a void that you don't have, that's tools. And I need you to know that I understand that I'm not going to be with you forever. So I want to create something that you don't have. And I just, just ask you, I want you to support me on this. I'm not asking for money. I just want you to give me the okay that you, you'll back me up on this. And this was with Pat Parente at the time. And Pat said, great. Then I show up when, with a business plan, I show up with uh, an agency out of Las Vegas that created what happens in Las Vegas stays in Las Vegas and Christine Schuster were all sitting there and I've got that agency sitting with me I got next to me is a guy that was the vice president of the Gap that's my business partner that I kind of grew up with and then I've got this guy that was the accountant of this big firm and Christine Schuster she goes wait a minute I know this agency because my sister's in, in that world she goes how'd you what look at these and then we laid out the business plan and Redken was going okay you're doing this right. You've got a business plan. You're not coming out with one skew. You're coming out with 10 skews. And they're like, you know, you have our blessing. And I mortgaged my home. You know, I started out and said, okay, let's put a business plan. But the main thing I want people to get out there, if you're going to do it, don't just create something and then say, okay, now let's go sell it. What you want to do is create the marketing. You want to get the distribution. Then build that product and then put it out there and you got somewhere to go. I was talking to an artist today. He said, I go, how's it going with your combs and your, he's going, that's okay. I just got to get it out there. I go, remember the first conversation we had, I told, get investors. 
you know, get investors, mortgage your home, do what you need to do to come out with a big package. So with Redken, Redken's been very supportive of it. Uh, with Redken, I've never asked to be an artistic director. You know, they saw the leadership skills. They saw what I was doing. And, you know, people have pushed me to the top win. And the relationship I have with Redken is huge in the fact that they support what I'm about and they see what I'm about. And I compliment them in the fact that I, um, you know, I support the product and sell the product. So how long have you been with Redken? Oh, gosh, when? Let's see. Since 96, 1996. So how many years is that? That's quite a few years. Wow. Yeah. Well, and how many days a year wow. are you oh. committing to Redken? Well, let me say this. I can tell you how many days a month I average at home, and that's probably about eight to ten days a month at home. Wow. Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. Yes. You mentioned the, the, you were so impressed with the work of the youth at Naha that you got to see. Okay, you're, you're not the youth. You're 65, and yet what does it take to stay ahead of that and to be on top as the artistic director of such a major, major company all these years. I've had that question asked in terms of how do you reinvent yourself, Sam? And I think it's it goes back to that concept of research, research, research. I, you know, knowing that I want to teach research, research and trying to not necessarily reinvent the industry, but coming out with information that's going to help people grow their business behind their chair. If I stay focused on that, I think success is going to stay in my lane. But if I focus on other things and get outside of it and focus on trying to build my name bigger, you know, then I think that's the wrong mindset for me to have. And I think, it, you know, for the students out there, you know, you listen to your teachers. Maybe it's not an area that you say, well, I don't need to listen to this. Let me give you an example. When I was in beauty school, when all I wanted to do was focus on cutting. Cut, 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 cut. That's all I wanted to do. No, don't give me the shampoo sets. But in school, you had to have those, right? You had right. to do it. But I knew that that's what I wanted to do. But I'm going to tell the students out there, you learn everything, you listen to everything, and here's why. Because eventually, curling irons came back. And they said, you're going to do fashion wig. And I go, okay, so what am I going to do? Cut some... No, you're going to be working with curling irons. Look at my arms. All burned. They're all burned. Why? Because <laughs> I was sloppy with my iron work and I had to relearn the iron work. So what I'm, my message to the students out there is learn everything that you can because eventually that cycle comes back. Mm. Don't make the mistake I made where I had to go back and relearn. How do I hold it up, Marcel Iron? How do I make a wave? All those kinds of things mm. are so valuable in the career of a hairdresser. I remember once talking to a very successful salon owner and manufacturer and distributor and, and he said, how I stay on top of it is realizing that it's not about me anymore. Right. It's about who I surround myself with. Mm -hmm. He says, if it were up to me, I'm done tomorrow. But he's so been true. brilliant at attracting the youth and the next generation and somehow creating a place, a space where they wanted to play with him, where they wanted to be involved with him. Yep. Who do you surround yourself with? Oh, gosh. Right now, it's I'm surrounded with, I mean... Like, right. what, do you, what do you look for? So, like, somebody comes along and you're thinking, I want that person on my team. What exactly are you looking for? What, freshness. You know, what what not does that mean, freshness? Not, yeah, fresh, not necessarily in the way they look, but fresh in terms of, you know, you can really read somebody's personality now. I really believe I can. And I can re read it in terms of the way they communicate. And what I mean by, okay, this person's fresh, this person's honest, this person seems authentic, this person seems like they have the desire Okay. And when I can oh, find that, God. those are the people that I want to surround myself with. Not the people that are, hey, 
I look cool and every other word is the F word. You know, I'm not, I, I'm sorry. It doesn't work for me. Mm. You know, what works for me is the fact that they have a desire in the industry to help the industry. Those are the people I choose to surround myself oh with. Oh my God. If I could have scripted you today, which I certainly didn't and couldn't, that's exactly what I would have said. Because oh, I, I don't think it's about the resume. No, it's not. It's, it's about that passion, it's that desire. Yes. Because we've had those people with the incredible resume and you're like, is there any spark in there? Is there well, any you, freshness, as you said? Can you imagine when you got somebody that you interview, and what do most salons say? They interview them, and then they say, okay, you got to cut a bob, you got to do this, you got to do this. But guess what? They may not have it in their hands, but they've got the passion, they've got the desire. That's what I want. Mm. I will teach their hands how to perform. But nowadays, I think you need to look for that, that passion, that desire in these people, and I listen for that. Well, as much as you share what you're looking for. I think it's also valuable for you to share with us what uh, is a turnoff. You just said somebody who's dropping the F-bomb because they think it's really cool to do that just is a turnoff for you. It, it doesn't work for you. What else doesn't work for you? What doesn't work for me is people, when they come up and talk about them, it's me, 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 I, 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 you know, it's about, I, it, I look for the people that are about we, we need to do this. Or when we look at this, we look at it this way, that kind of thing. You know, I do a lot of presentation skill classes, facilitation skill classes with the Redken artists. I said, and there, I was teaching, coaching someone. He kept going, I, 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 I. So I kept, I, I kept slashing how many times he said I. Oh, wow. In 20 minutes, I said, I'm going to tell you how many times you said I. Would you like to know? He said, sure. I said, 102 times. No. Yes. I said, now I want you to say it 102 times right now. They're going to count. I got two people here. They're going to count. I'm going to time it. Ready? Go. And he's like, I, 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 and we're counting. I go, now it took you three minutes to say it 102 times. What you could have done in those three minutes, you could have impacted someone's life by making a profound statement. But instead, you choose to live on an island. Oh, my God. I'm going to steal that. Get off your <laughs> island and get with us. Oh wow. And then I'm with another guy in New Zealand. And I was training the Redken team there. And the education manager said, you got to knock this one person to his knees. I go, what do you mean? He's all ego, ego, ego. I go, okay. So it was his turn to deliver when you're going to love this one. And he delivered. I said, pause. I go, how are you doing? He said, oh, I think I'm doing great. I go, you're doing great. I said, grab another chair. He said, I said, yeah, grab another chair. Stack those two together. Okay, now have a seat. Now deliver sitting down. He goes into and deliver. I go, I have to go, pause. How are you doing? He goes, well, I think I'm on a roll, but you keep asking me to pause. I said, all right, go grab another chair. Put it on top of that one. Have a seat. Now he's three chairs stacked. I had the guy 10 chairs stacked. And I said, now look at what we're looking at. You're up there and we're down here. Why don't you get off your high mountain, come down here and speak to us at this level? And he just like... Oh, wow. He got, I go, you got to understand, it's not about your ego and you choose to talk about you and what you're doing and all, where, where you're at and your salon. But I want to ask you, watch this. Did you guys learn anything from this? Anybody learn anything? Not one hand went up. Right. So why are you doing this? What, because you want to be a star? Great. Guess what? It's lonely at the top. You want to really do this? Get down here with us and be with us down here. Mm. And when he had those 10 chairs, it was wobbly. So I had people holding the chairs and holding his hand. And I go, it's a little difficult delivering up there. He goes, well, I'm scared I'm going to fall. I'm, you know, I go, absolutely right. Mm. Guess what? 
The higher you get up there, the more frightened it becomes. Because now you got people throwing darts at you. you got people talking behind your back. What this industry needs more behind the back, it needs this. The pat's behind the back, not this behind the back. Mm. And he got it. And mm. that guy's a great session stylist. His name's Richard Cavanaugh. And mm. he's a huge, huge man in the industry. And he did a book. And he has me in the book about how I mentored them and helped them out. Mm. But, you know, that's what it's about, guys. And I want the students to get that, is that it's not about you. It's about the people that you're around, you know. It's like if you go and get into a conversation, people go, well, Sam, I'm afraid of public speaking. I go, well, I'll tell you what. You ever been at a party? And they're like, yeah. I go, that's public speaking. You know, you're public speaking. What's the difference? Just because you're speaking, you got people staring at you, you get fearful. I said, you know, the idea is this, be real. If you're real and authentic and you're just trying to help them, it just comes out in a natural way. Hmm. Wow. So let's uh, switch gears here a little bit. You bet. I mentioned uh, Tracy Hughes, our good friend, from, yes. who is from Australia, That's moved back correct. to Australia. So right. she abandoned us here. We thought we had her for a while and then she leaves. I thought, oh, God, Tracy, you're fresh. You know how she's brought, you know, yeah. she's just really good at what she does. Now, you, she started a program called uh, Leading Ladies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, a, it's a nonprofit, but it was a whole idea of our industry is, what, 85% women, and yet sometimes a lot of the, the, the powers that be are men, the decision makers, yeah. sometimes the exactly. artists who are standing on the stage, sometimes those who are winning the awards. Oftentimes it is focused a lot on men. And so she started this thing, Leading Ladies, and I was honored enough to sit in the back and watch. And there was, you know, people like Vivian McKinder mm-hmm. on that stage and some Ruth pretty, Roach. Ruth Roach, some pretty powerful <clears throat> women. But Tracy asked you to be the MC for that, I guess, because I wasn't available. But, uh... <laughs> Matter of fact, <laughs> you would have been perfect. <laughs> so talk about this. Uh, well, I was honored the fact to be asked to do that because I think Tracy saw it in me in terms of, man, this guy's he's about everybody. It wasn't about that. And you're so point on in terms of saying, you know, you take a look at Antoinette Benders. You take a look at Vivian McKinder. Such creative people. There's so much hidden talent out there, female hidden talent. And I loved what Tracy was doing. Let's bring the women to the forefront. And when she asked me to do it, I was honored, humbled. But the reason I said, yes, I'm in, is because I supported what the message was and what she wanted to bring to the industry. And that is, women deserve it too. So you, you could have just gone the wrong way on that whole thing, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, I, and I was thinking of other people who could have been up there and turned it into what you were talking about before, where they turned it into an ego thing, where yes. it could have been all about that male MC. And oh, and by the way, we have these fabulous women on the stage and you were just behind these women with that well, incredible support, which was... When we did that first one, Tracy and their, the, the girls were like, where'd he go? And I got off that stage and went in the audience and was talking to him from the audience. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons being was when I, because when I would ask him a question, they'd stare at me. I go, don't look at me and answer to me, answer the audience. But I also wanted to take myself off that stage because it wasn't about me. Right. It was about those ladies that were sitting in front of them. So what, what impact do you think that that had on the industry? I think it really Im- impacted the youth, the female youth of the industry. And there was a lot, I saw it. I saw these, the youth, some of them having tears in their eyes and believing, gosh, I could be up there someday. I could do that someday. It's about the uh, desire. It's about the idea of going, yes, I can do that. Well, and believing in that. I don't want to categorize or stereotype, but technical skill set is one thing, but emotional 
intelligence is another. Yes. And I think maybe women more naturally have emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. which needs to be stronger within our industry. Yes. You know, it, it, th- that's true. I think the emotional intelligence is, is, is a part of it. Like um, a lot of times when you present, you want to hit that technical side, that emotional side. Yet I think that, uh, I don't know, I just really believe that I, there's so many women out there that are better teachers than I am and better hairdressers than I am. I really believe yet I've got some communication skills and I've got some desire to get it out and get this message out that there's plenty for everybody. It doesn't matter. I mean, inclusive. We now need to be much more inclusive. There's so much negative stuff going on in our world today. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is everybody needs to understand, you know, stop worrying about black, white, start worrying about textures of hair and understanding how to work with all kinds of textures. Think about like a fashion designer. A fashion designer understands the limits and capabilities of silk, the limits and capabilities of wool, of cotton. They don't just fall in love with one texture. And sometimes they'll blend those textures together to create something. Mm. That's what we need to think of. So I really encourage the students out there, learn to work with all textures of hair because you're going to fall in love with something that might push you to the forefront Mm. you just never know Mm. i also talked to another good friend of ours knowing that we were doing this interview uh candy shaw love candy oh my gosh love candy Uh, you know uh, here's the thing about candy is that you know i when i i told her candy i followed your father when i was young in the magazines and uh i said you know she goes really i go yes and what's important is i love what candy's bringing in terms of that color but I love what the way they're doing it. They're doing it. They're building their brand on their own. They're not so much relying on a distributor. You know, they're relying maybe on the small people and things like that. But I just love the message and how much she is a true teacher out there. So here's what she said about you. She uh-huh. said, his fundamentals of not only teaching great technical skills is only rivaled by his teachings of mankind and the human spirit. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, I tell you what, that's, she's hit it on the nail. It's like, you know, if I can touch people in a way, you know, you can touch people in a way where you teach them something. And if you can touch their heart, that's really impactful. Because education has been such a a passion of yours. Mm -hmm. Is that sometimes the advice that you give to a burned out hairdresser or a burned out salon owner is like, you know what? You need to go volunteer and teach a class at a beauty school. You, you need to, do you give that advice? You know, that's what I did when I was a salon owner. One of the things I would do is go to, volunteer to go to the beauty school. Yeah. Great. I was promoting my salon, you know, or trying to find students, that kind of thing. But I think what you got to do is my recommendation to those people that feel that way. It's because you continue to do things the same way every day. It's to continue to show up the same way every day. I think what you got to do is, like I said, find five ways to come and link Bob. Continues to keep that enthusiasm. And I think that's important out there. Learn as many things as you can and try to perfect it. It's be like a postage stamp. Stick to something until you get there and you master it. Once you get <laughs> there, that, move oh on God. to something else. Okay, say that again. <laughs> be like a postage stamp. Stick to something till you get there and you master it or you can get there. Once you get there, find something else to stick to and keep moving on. That was and, great. You know, and you'll continue to grow. Well, two other things, topics that uh, Candy brought up that I want to ask you about. So this is also quoting Candy. Uh, when you look up hardworking team player in the dictionary, Sam's photo is right there. 
He lives by his word of stylus supporting stylus. He is no nonsense, which is why I love him so. So hard, hard work. I mean, you're 65 and are you working less now? You're working just as much? You're working harder? Like what's, what's going on in your world right now? I'm trying to work less when I really you're am. Trying. I, I, right, I'm right. trying. And I, I need to learn. One of my good buddies, Chris Barron, said, man, you need to learn that the word no is okay. And I'm learning that, especially now that I have a family. Which we're going to get into. You know, we I have think, to talk about that. Yes, we will. But I think it's, it's, you know, it goes back to this thing about my energy. It has nothing to do with the age. I think the beauty industry keeps me youthful, keeps me young, you know, at least I hope. But the idea is this is age is a number. You know, I still have this energy. I still have this desire to grow the industry. I want to upgrade the industry. I want people to stop, you know, influencers. I think influencers are great on in our industry. I think what we need to embrace them. The, the industry is going through a vicious cycle right now. It's spinning and spinning. And the, the ones that are going to remain standing are going to be the true teachers. Those are who's going to be left standing. So I think that uh, there's a lot of change going out there. But it's just, you know, goes back to that whole thing of desire. Hmm. Back in that story, when I realized that I was not as smart as Van Council, uh, what I realized was that I could work really, 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 really hard. Right. And nobody could take that away from me. Mm -hmm. As long as I just worked really, really hard, then I was going to be okay. Right. And people said, well, Sam, what's working really hard? You know, we've talked about practice. We've talked about research. You know, I think that's working really hard. It's not necessarily working really hard and standing behind a chair. You know, it's about working on your communication skills. Uh, you know, one of the things I love is this story that I tell. The I'll never forget this when the first time I flew Southwest Airlines. And I'll never forget, I got my ticket. It had a big fat number on it. And I asked her, what, what's this number mean? She goes, oh, sir, you'll be the sixth person to board. You go stand by that silver stanchion there. So as I'm standing there, I'm going, my little voice talks to me. and says, I felt like I heard a cattle. But then when I got on there... I'm like, wow, that was the quickest way to get people on board. So then the lead flight attendant, he stands in front and he goes, Hi, my name's Bill. I'm your lead flight attendant. Standing in the back of the plane is my ex-wife, Sally. And I lifted my hand off the paper and I started laughing. I'm like, oh, God, that's going to be kind of tough. I've been there before. And then he goes, now, standing in the front of the plane is my boyfriend, Bobby. And the plane's <laughs> laughing. And he goes, now, standing in the middle of the plane is my lover. And, oh. and everybody's laughing. Right. See, what they did was Southwest Airlines was smart. They took and they revolutionized the, the airline industry in terms of how we boarded. They revolutionized in terms of how they got our attention in terms of listening to security. So they weren't getting the outcome that they wanted in terms of people listening to us. We, this listing's going to save your life. They weren't getting the outcome, so they changed their style of delivery, their method. Now, let's take that to the industry. If you're not getting the outcome out there, then you need to change the style of the way you're doing things. Mm. You need to change your method because those three things is what gives you the results. And if you practice it long enough, it becomes a habit. Then it becomes a belief. Mm. And it's so important that they understand that mistakes are okay. You know, you learn from mistakes. You know this. You fall down five times, stand up eight. Yeah. But the idea is it's only a mistake if I don't learn from it. And you probably know this. Mistake... That comes from the movie industry. That's a mistake. Let's take it again. Let's retake right. it and shoot it again. That's the same thing. And, you know, you're going to make a lot of mistakes with students on the way. You, if you only knew the amount of mistakes I made, 
But you know what? I learned from those mistakes, and I think that's valuable. And that's what I mean by Southwest Airlines is they revolutionized it. Who followed it? United Airlines followed it with Zones and Funny Video. Yeah. We started watching. Matter of fact, Robert Cronin's was on. A, remember, there was a video in the airplane of promoting uh, Paul Mitchell, right. which I thought was great. I'm like, oh, leave it up to Paul Mitchell right. to put it right in front of us. Mm. But yeah, it's. Uh, I think that people just need to understand. Look, I'm not the best hairdresser out there, but I will tell you, I know how to teach. I can teach, and I believe that. You mentioned uh, the importance of removing ego from teaching, because ego absolutely shuts down the doors, the walls of learning in the minds of the student. What else makes you a, a great teacher, you feel? I think communication skills. You know, it goes back to that comment I made earlier, simplicity is today's brilliance. I, it, when I get so confused, and I'll be really honest, when I walk out on the show floor and you got people making things sound so difficult, why do you make things sound so difficult so that you can sound smart? You know, to me, that doesn't work in today's world. You know, it's just like if you can touch people in a way, in a simple way, and you can touch people and show that it's really important for me that you get this. I think that's what makes it all worthwhile. You know, the industry is just so crazy out there right now, but it's evolving it's in a good place but it's just everybody's trying to figure things out right now you know and it goes back to that attendance level at these shows where are you students you know what you need to remember get yourself to live shows and continue to learn online Hmm. two critical critical resources of learning now you're a dad so oh yes this this is something (laughs) well now now you're listeners now you're going to see two grown men cry right (laughs) well here when i knew that I wanted to do this which meant all right am I going to have a family because if I'm going to do this I'm on the road three quarters of my life so I thought you know what I'm going to make a decision I'm not going to have children so I'm going to find someone that can't have children and I found a woman that couldn't have children I came home from playing golf one day she's on the sofa crying I go are you okay is your mom okay is my she goes I'm pregnant I go, what? I thought you, she goes, I know. I said, you, what? She goes, I've done it three times. I go, call the doctor. Let's go. Call the doctor. The doctor's on the phone, speaker phone. No way. You know, you, you're, you, no way. She's 42. No way. So we go in. Sure enough, she's pregnant. So then, you know, I told her, I said, all right, for some reason, God wants us to have this child. We're going to have this child. So when the the tough side of this was, me traveling so much and her going in for her monthlies, you know, into the doctor. As she got closer, about six months, something was wrong. Seven, you know, she'd go in, something else was wrong. Then the doctor said, your son has skeletal dysplasia. And so he explained to it what it was. And his hand was here. And uh, the, the nurse was like, excuse me, I'll be right back. I said, is there an issue? And she said, I'll be right back. Brought the doctor in and that's when we just... Down syndrome, skeletal dysplasia, everything. Every time we went, it was something else. And uh, a lot of times my wife would go in with just her and her mom while I was on the road. And she never shared with me, but every time they went in, something was wrong. So we went in once and the doctor said, okay, uh, he's being crushed. We got to take him tomorrow. You got to come back tomorrow morning. We need to take him. So he was seven weeks premature. And uh, when I walked into the delivery room, when 
26 people in the delivery room. And I see, he looked at me and I said, doctor, you know, he, he brought me in there first before he brought my wife. He wanted me to see, I go, doctor, why so? He goes, Sam, this is Dr. So-and-so from Sweden. This is Dr. So-and-so from Italy. And these is every trauma unit is here. I've got brain, I've got heart, I've got bone. Every trauma unit is here. Now let's get your wife in and let's get on with this. So he goes, and let's just keep this to yourself, you know. We'll set your wife up. So we go in, and I'll never forget, he's delivering my son, Mateo, and he pulls my son out, and he's like, raise him, and he goes, oh my gosh, we have a miracle baby boy. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong. And I said, doctor, he goes, let's just celebrate right now. And the, the room burst out clapping. A month later, we, he goes, I want to see you a month later. Now we go back a month later and in there, doctors, this, these three European doctors. And I go, now what do you want to tell us? You know, why, why did you tell us all this? They go, well, Sam, you saw it all. I go, what do you want to tell us? They go, your son is one of four in the world where this has happened, where we see these things and then... It just comes out completely the opposite. He goes, we don't know what to tell you, but what we want to do is we need you to son to come quarterly to the University of Florida. You guys need to come with him. We need to do these tests. We need to figure out why this happened. And basically it's what they discovered was there's a gene that I have or a possibly my wife has and now the son. So we got to make sure that whoever he marries doesn't have the same things with these things. And, but uh, yeah, that's my story. And then he's two and a half now, and he just loves music. When and you know, something that I never thought I wanted, but I thank God I I got it because it's changed my way of life. It's changed my way of thinking. You know, it's a different kind of love, and uh, I'm very grateful that I have a child. Mm-hmm. Something I never thought I wanted to have or do. So you have to understand the things that are thrown at you in life. They happen for a reason, you know, and if you can capture that reason and, and just embrace it, I think that, you know, there's something there for it. But it's really embraced me. It's given me a new life. It's given me a new energy. It's given me a new way to look at people. And it's given me a way because of wind. Guess what? I'm teaching him, you know, and I tell my wife, no, don't say it this way. Say it this way. You know, you need to make him understand the why behind it. And uh, yeah, life is just great. Uh, now that I've got a child. What I want to do is figure out how to be home more, you know, and do that kind of thing. So I'm learning to say no. Congratulations. Uh, Thanks. Yeah, it's really, uh, yeah, it's something else. Something else, man. You know. I don't need to tell you. I don't need to tell you. But I'm very blessed. Yeah. My career is blessed. My family life is blessed. And things happen for a reason, you know? So I believe, I believe that I'm put on this, whatever, to be a teacher. You know, that's what I believe. I believe I'm doing the right thing and where I need to be in my life. And I wouldn't trade my life for anything when, in terms of being a hairdresser and being a father and being a teacher. You know, I love where I'm at in my life. And I hope I, I'm around for a long time. That's what I hope. Yeah. I can add yeah, nothing to that. I bet you can. I mean, you know, yeah. I've been a fan of yours for a long time. 
And, you know, I'm, wow, Lynn's having a baby? <laughs> <laughs> Thank goodness. Right? You know, yeah. we, we, we thought we knew it all. We thought we were this or that. Oh, you know what and I then thought? you have a kid. Yeah. I thought, oh, we're going to travel the world. You know, we're going to see the world. And that's what we had planned, my wife right, and I. Right. We You're thought we'd be living go, in Florence, Italy for a month and then in Thailand to, for a month. When I go to do a show here, you're going to come with me. When I go to Sydney, Australia, you'll come about with room me. parent meetings. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I know. I mean, someday I know I'm going to, I want to be able to do that. But yeah, it's amazing. It's a beautiful thing having a kid. Congratulations. Thank you, my friend. Sam, do you have a final message for our listeners? Yeah, you know, if there's anything I can tell you, it goes back to this thing about, you know, if I can do this, you can do it. I want you to always remember that out there for that audience that's out there listening to this. It's just a matter of, you know, it's capture the desire and where you want to be. But it's a matter of practice, practice, practice. People out there understand you're a human being. I'm a human being. The only difference is I practice these things anymore. Uh, more maybe than you have and then the other thing is this is that I want people out there to know that I'm not a rock star I'm not a genius I'm not an inventor I'm not a visionary I'm proud to say I'm a hairdresser who's a teacher and I'm motivated by the passion to teach Mm -hmm. so I suggest to each other everybody out there what do you say we teach each other what do you say we support each other what do you say that it doesn't matter what tool you're holding in your hand? It doesn't matter what product you're holding in your hand. What matters is that you're the person that you are serving, whether it be a student, whether it be a fellow hairdresser or a guest, the person that you're serving, you're doing it with the desire and the passion to help them have a convenient life and build an experience in your salons or wherever it is that you're at. And remember, education, 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 education. Never stop learning. Beautiful. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. My pleasure, man. My pleasure. Finally. Yes. We finally made it happen. (laughs) 